0: What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the Bat Flip, where we discuss everything baseballs. I'm Landon Raby. I'm alone tonight. We got Caleb in here. You he won't see his face, but he will be in and out of here. Um, but Dylan is working late, so it's just kind of me and a half. I'll count you as a half, Caleb. Um, but yeah, we're, we're finally here. I know everybody's kind of on a high right now with with basketball winning the SEC championship. That's great. But we're here to talk about Tennessee baseball and ride that high a little bit, too. Um, we finally are coming to the end of non-conference play. Finally. Hopefully the end of terrible weather because it seems like that's all we've gotten in non-conference play, especially at home. So uh, definitely ready for warmer weather and uh, hopefully the bats pop even more. Um, drop your questions in the chat, please. Uh, we'd love to get to those. I mean, let's kind of get right into it. Tennessee sweeps James Madison earlier in the week. Um, <clears throat> Tuesday, you go to the tenth inning. I guess it it gets postponed into Wednesday, but you finish up that game. You win that um, in the tenth inning with a walk off double for Jarrell, from Jarrell Ortega, and then. Um, Wednesday, take care of business, win that one 10 to 2. Um, then Rhode Island comes to town. And with their schedule, with their record 0 and 10 coming into the weekend, I'm like, oh man, this is going to be another island a weekend. Tennessee did score a lot of runs. They scored third, outscored Rhode Island 37 to 10 on the weekend. But I thought Rhode Island was pretty decent. You know, we talked to Cody Hahn last night, which is a VFL. And um, is an analyst for ESPN for for most of the games, and he was saying Rhode Island had some of the best at bats that he's seen against Tennessee so far this season, and I agree. Um, you know they, they hit it pretty well. They, they you know battled in the box. Some of their pitchers I thought were pretty good. Kept Tennessee off balance with some off speed stuff. And piled up a lot of strikeouts on the weekend. So, this Rhode Island team, I know they're 0 13. You know, I don't know how many 0 13 teams there are in the country, but I'd say they're probably one of the better 0 13 teams in the country. (laughs) Um, They're not as bad as Iona. Uh, So, I was glad to see better baseball this this weekend, but Tennessee did take care of business, got the sweep, got the brooms out. And, uh, you know, Caleb, are you in here? Do you want to kind of. Tell them what you kind of saw a little bit this week.
1: Well, full disclosure. Well, a couple of things. I need to start out. I'm I'm a little upset with you, Lane, acting like I'm not in here. I get it. You don't have to see my face, but I get it. Um, I'm sorry, you're here, and, but you're, you're not. You're right. You're you're absolutely right. And then full disclosure, uh didn't watch much of Sunday's game. I was pretty dialed in. I had it on the screen, but was I think like most all fans, pretty dialed into the the SEC championship. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned Cody Hong, Love our guy, so got guy too. Vol um, calling the games. Did get to listen to his voice a lot on Sunday. I think like most everybody. Um, you know, and I'll say say this. You talked about not two great teams you played this weekend. Obviously, Rhode Island, maybe better than you expected. Um, that 0 and ten record coming in, 0 and thirteen record now. Probably doesn't reflect what you have in that team, uh, which is good. That means you're you're at least giving yourselves. Um, you may not see a challenge for nine innings. But you, you see challenges throughout the game, which is good. But that's a that's another thing. Talk about, um, you know, playing close games against not quality opponents and not always the best, but it's good to see those uh, those victories come regardless, even when they're tough. The James Madison game, talking about the first one there on Tuesday, is Tennessee the best team in the country uh, when it comes to rolling games over? Um, the first thing that came to my mind was the LSU walk-off home run. That's a good point. So I mean, I, all I'm saying is maybe Tony knows the weather guy. Um, you know, maybe maybe he's got something cooked up there. But no, I think it's uh, th- this team just continues to shine. I know I, I need to clip it and get all the stats that Cody read off for us last night that they lead the SEC in. We already know they're home run kings, but it's it's home runs, uh, doubles, triples, um, and he had a he had a bunch of other stats that he rattled off there last night. So I need to go clip those and, and get them out for everybody to hear. So this team's just, they're, they're, they're not only good, they're efficient um, and they make the most of their opportunities. And and I think that's, and that's going to be, I think the key in in SEC play, especially like last night, you asked Cody about a weakness and he talked about runners, runners on base. Um, That's a weakness. And and when you talk about Tennessee having to make the most of opportunities, teams are going to do that to them. Maybe not quite an SEC play, like you said, um, but Tennessee with, with, Guys, on got to take advantage of the situations that they that they find themselves in, and I think I think they're being efficient in those scenarios. So it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't. It, again, it's hard to take away from an 0 ten team that you played. It is, but this team just seems to be getting it done. What getting it done when it needs to get done, I think, is the best way to put. That.
0: Yeah, TCB taking care of business um, is kind of what Tennessee's about. Um, going back to the James Madison series, it wasn't. It wasn't like Tennessee played bad. It was, you know, they, they kind of jumped out to the lead, maybe coasted a little bit, maybe took some guys out um, and, and put some some other players in who, who probably wouldn't necessarily be a starter. And, you know, they kind of, their offense kind of just, I mean, they, it's not like they struggled, but it just kind of went stagnant for a little bit. Um, and, and then they ran into a, a couple pitches later later in that game, and... Um, I think they scored three in the sixth, three in the seventh. And I think all six of those runs were from home runs. So it was just, you know, three home runs, tied things up. And then here we are in a dogfight and you go up, you know, in the eighth inning, they score one in the ninth, um, you know, fast forward to Wednesday when you resume that game and, you know, with Tennessee's lot line, lineup, they're not going to stay down for long and Drell Ortega just took advantage of had runners on base. You know, the pressure was on. You didn't want to walk anybody, so you got to throw strikes. And when you're throwing balls over the plate that, you know, with this lineup that as dangerous as it is, it's going to happen. And he ran into one and and hit it. I think it was counted as a single, but it would for sure have been a double uh, down the line and, and left. So really good game again, facing adversity. You know, I think this is good to face some of those, you know, teams where you're, you're not throwing your best guy and, and maybe they're not either, but you know, you got to find ways to win um, when you don't have a first round major league draft pick on the mound for you. Um, So really good to see that, you know, getting prepared for SEC play, which is what we're all here to do. Ready for that grind. Um, ready for Lindsey Nelson to be that Hornet's Nest that uh, Tony Vitella has talked about from last year. So I, I'm excited for that. And then kind of fast forward into this weekend where um, you play Rhode Island. And that was the The first game on Friday was, you know, Tennessee had control of it. I think they're up 8-2 to two going into – um, I'm sorry, eight to three. No, it was, it was eight to one. That was right. Um, God, that's not right either. Why do I have, I don't have the 12th up. What um, are you trying
1: to find? And I can, I can pull it up here, which the, the so three.
0: the first game, it was, it was eight to before two. they went on that yeah it was it was eight to two. they scored two in the seventh. it's eight to four heading into the the eighth inning, and then Tennessee scores nine runs in the bottom of the eighth to just put the game out of reach. So when you look at the box scores seventeen to four, you're like, oh, Tennessee killed him, but it was a pretty tight game going into that. you know again, four runs against Tennessee is a lot, but you know you're looking at a pretty decent game from Rhode Island and then. Tennessee just blows it open in the ninth and didn't hit any home runs. That was the craziest thing um, that I saw that, you know, you're you're able to score nine runs by just stroking it, just hitting single, double, double, single, you know, just playing small ball, stealing bases. Just able to pile up those runs that way um, was super impressive to me. And then – um I I do want to shout out Will Mabry for the James Madison the second game. When he came into the game, it took James Madison right out of it. I mean, he was dominant for five innings. Um, I think 40 out of his 57 pitches were strikes. Um, So, solid. And then he had eight strikeouts. um, I think two hits, maybe. Um, so he, he was another solid performer for Tennessee against that James Madison team. You hit six home runs in that second game against James Madison. Five were solo shots. So, you know, probably would have blown that game open a lot sooner, um, but just weren't able to because you didn't have anybody else on base. <laughs> you just kept hitting solo right. shot after solo shot. It felt like uh, softball where you're <laughs> like, okay, no one's on base. Let's hit a home run. Well, in some leagues, you only get like a certain amount of home runs. So you, you want to use those to your advantage. You want
1: to have bases loaded or at least two people on before you hit one out. Um, don't, don't, don't give Vanderbilt any ideas about the maximum amount of home runs in a game. <laughs> we, heard the, we heard the Tim Corbin story last night. Don't, don't give him right. any ideas. Yeah, and bats. and And, and you talked about that Rhode Island game where a lot of it came from – um, you know, runs batted in. It, I mean, this team's been able to do it all all season. Um, you've had guys that go up there in solo shot, and then you've had guys that we get guys in scoring position. Position. I mean, I, who who leads the team in RBIs? I feel like Dorello Ortega has to be pretty dang close. It's
0: it Trey like Lipscomb, long get, shot. He's a tra- really? Yeah, he's got 28.
1: Yeah. I just feel like, oh, I guess he's hitting a lot of home runs too. But Dorello Ortega feels like he's getting an extra base every time he's up to bat. Yeah. And I guess I mean guys do have to be on in that situation, but he he seems like he would bat, he'd be bring a lot of runners in.
0: Yeah, let me look up Jarrell Ortega's.
1: Um, he's got 11 RBIs. Well, I talked about what what uh, Cody mentioned last night, and we're talking about Cody Hahn in case you just hopped in, um, doing ESPN um, analyst for for a lot of Tennessee games this season. You'll hear his voice, um, former former Vol as well. I mean, I just ran through some of the NCAA stats. They they lead in, obviously, home runs, home run kings, base on balls, batting average, doubles. That's the NCAA, and he was just talking about the SEC. So when you talk about this team offensively, firepower is not enough for what this team has.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the firepower, and that might not even be the strength of this team, which is the craziest thing to think about. You know, when you get healthy at in your pitching rotation, That's probably the strength of this team because it's one of the best pitching staffs already before you're healthy that Tennessee's ever had. When you add in Blake Tidwell, Seth Halverson, it only gets better. So, um, yeah, that's a crazy part to me is like you lead in all these categories offensively,
1: but that might not be the strength of this team. Right, right, and I'm certain, I mean, getting Getting Tidwell back and this is going to be huge. And we talked about being interested in potentially the old Mistooth. So that's just two a week from Friday away, guys. Be patient. It, it, that, I mean, starting pitching is going to be there's not a lot of SCC teams that'll look at their weekend schedule and, and pencil in their wins and say, yeah. we, we can get one here. There's not going to be a lot of days left up to chance. Right.
0: Yeah, and going to this Rhode Island series, um, get the sweep. Chase Burns started things off. Um, he was kind of his self. He had. Um, I keep getting confused because they both say the eleventh. Like both of the ball, bo- like both of the games I'm looking at, because you finished one. Like they both played on Friday, so I'm getting confused of which one I'm actually on. <clears throat> but Ch- Chase Burns was uh, had six strikeouts, five innings pitched, four hits. Zero earned runs, two runs, and then four walks. Um, Just a pretty decent outing. I've mentioned this before. I mean, the kid has never played besides against Texas, where he lit up the number one team in the country. Um, He hasn't had good weather yet. So I I can't wait for this team to even be pitching when there's good weather. You're going to see that velo go up even more Um, because he's sitting 95, 96 but he can touch triple digits. You're getting up in the 60s, 70s. You're going to see it, you know, go even higher than that. So, super excited for that. And then um, I was super impressed with Seth Stevenson. He was three for five in that game. Logan Steenstra was two for four with three RBIs. You know, both those guys haven't been a consistent starter for Tennessee. But, again, going back to just Tennessee's got options.
1: On the on this pitching staff, oh, hitting, hitting wise. Oh, um, hitting. Sorry, I yeah. missed that as you were leading up to that. Um, yeah, oh, Logan Stencha,
0: Seth Stevenson. You know, Blake Burke. Cody. Cody was talking about this last night of all these pinch hitters that are you know have. I think Stencha is hitting over four hundred. Blake Burke's over three hundred. Um, Hunter Insley is another one that's over three hundred. I mean, you have a ton of Christian Moore, who kind of. He's kind of in the lineup now, Uh, didn't play that first game on Friday, but played the second and Sunday game. And, you know, it just seems like there's – it's just interchangeable. I mean, Christian Scott hit two bombs this weekend. He doesn't play every day for Tennessee. Um, So just an insane amount of firepower on this roster that you, you can't even get in your lineup every single day.
1: Yeah, and I think too the staff's done a good job of of making sure that they're defensively sound too. A lot of these guys have been moved. You know, you talk about when they come in to pinch it that they played maybe positions, different positions at different times, and, and you've got to do that to get them on the field. But I, I think it also just speaks to how good, how much you trust your pitching staff too. Um, mm-hmm. When you feel like you can really mix that that lineup out or mix that lineup up, that's a lot of ups. Um, golly. But uh, I mean, this—it's dead. I mean, I think there's two big questions going into SEC play. What does your consistent batting lineup look like, and then who are your weekend starters consistently? You know, last year you, they didn't shake it up at all. I'd I'd be shocked if um, you know if you don't see some weekend by weekend changes in that, just because of the firepower you have, maybe what the scouting report looks like. Um, I mean, how do you leave a guy like Chase Dolander out ever? when guys can't even get hits off of them. Uh, but then, you know, Drew Beam, he's pitched really well too. And then Chase Burns isn't going to be left out of there. and you, <laughs> Blaine Tidwell either when it when it comes down. So all these mix-ups and then you go back to the batting lineup. When guys are hot, you leave them out.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's why Jared Dickey, and I'm going to get to him in a little bit, but I mean, that's how he kind of, Burst onto the scene. You know when you're bat, when you're eight of ten, you got to put them in the lineup. You got to try it and see it, see if it works for you. Um, and it seems like now everybody's getting opportunities and they're making the most of it. How the heck do you um, manage that? That's why Tony Vitello makes the big bucks. Um, I wouldn't want that. It's a good. It's a great problem to have because when you deal with injury, like to um, Drew Gilbert, who Playwalker Walker asked, how much longer is Gilbert out? Hope to be back this weekend for South Carolina. He's moving around the dugout. He, he uh, pulled his hamstring, so he, he should be back this weekend, hopefully. Um, just kind of resting that, not not putting too much on him. I think he probably could play this weekend if it was a must. Um, but also, Zirk, uh, Chad Zerker told me he can't wait for Drew Gilbert to finally – um, get back on the field because he can't deal with them for nine innings in a dugout. <laughs> just just that much. He's a jitterbug. That's what he is. <clears throat> and, and you see him like during the games, you know, when they come off the field, he's the first person out of the dugout to congratulate his, his team and shake hands, you know, throw the baseballs to the people that are throwing them out the next inning. Um, he's just that kind of guy. <laughs> We got another question from Clay. He said also, when we enter conference games, do you think teams will still bases all over us? <coughs> I think if they're smart, they try.
1: Um, well, and be- before last night, I would have said yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, going back to what you know, Cody Hahn said. I mean, that makes me a little pleased, but I, I mean, I also got to think that you got a brand new catcher behind the plate right now a lot of new and or young pitchers. I got to think some of that gets cleaned up throughout the season. We're still real early into the season.
0: Yeah, you're talking about the slow delivery to from Chase Burns and, and Dolaner that just makes it difficult on Evan Russell to throw anybody out. Um, you know, do they mix up the timing and stuff like that to kind of keep runners off balance? I think that's something that they maybe try to work on a little bit more. You know, maybe not show – show your full hand right now um, just because, you know, when you get to SEC play, every series is crucial. Um, so maybe they're not showing everything. Maybe we'll see a little bit different kind of change of pace with with Burns and, and Dolander to see kind of what um, – see if they can help Evan Russell a little bit more. But, yeah, I, I think if nothing changes, I think you absolutely run all over them.
1: Well, and that's a, another question I have should have asked Cody last night because he he alluded to picking up that delivery time and what I mean, what does that look like? These guys have obviously found a rhythm in their play. Is that something that can almost be changed overnight? Is that take? Is it something they're waiting to kind of put in? Like, how does that change take place?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's got to take place a little bit, um, you know, in the off season, I would right. think. You know, it's got to um, yeah. be in your rep, repertoire. Is that how you say that repertoire? I feel
1: like I, I think you added a, like a fancy enunciation at the end, but I think you nailed it. Okay, cool. You just fancied it up a bit.
0: There we go. <clears> or <throat> <we're> fancy. Um, <laughs> God, that makes me think of that song. I freaking hate that song.
1: You fancy like, like? Wait, what did you say? You don't like Applebee's?
0: I don't now, just because of that song. I'll never <laughs> eat
1: Applebee's ever again. If we only went on a Friday night once. I'm sorry to go off on a tangent. That was our Friday night one time. That was awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, that's college, baby. <laughs> Going to Applebee's. Um, but, yeah, Donald Lander. I mean, he freaking shoved it. And when you pitch six innings, you have five hits, um, two walks, 12 Ks, one earned run. Are you really worried about base runners? Probably not. I think that's an easy solution to them. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Just strike them out. Um, Man, he looks so dominant. So dominant. Um, You got to see a few innings from Ben Joyce. Um, You score five runs in the uh, fifth to kind of put things out of reach. You had back to back bombs um, in in that game, in that game two of the doubleheader. You had Christian Scott launch one, Cortland Lawson. Then Jared Dickey comes up, and he hits one, and you're like, <clears throat> you're like, holy crap, did we just go back to back to back? <laughs> they catch it at the warning track. Um, and, and then the next batter, Christian Moore, goes deep. So, almost had four straight home runs. Um, a lot of backs up in that. So, uh, th- that would have been fun to see. But, man, um, it, it just seems like when somebody does something like that, like Tennessee's innings that they score in, like, come in bunches. Like, you don't see a lot of just oh, we scored one run in that inning. It's like, I mean, you saw it on Sunday. You only scored in three innings, but you scored four in the first, five in the fifth, and three in the seventh. I mean, you're putting crooked numbers up on that scoreboard pretty much every time you score, and you know that that's why you see Tennessee leading the nation in runs. Um, scoring. What all you mean? you mentioned? Walks, batting yeah, average, I mean, it, everything. Uh, I doubles. was just kind of trolling.
1: I mean, it's insane. Let's. Yeah. It's nasty.
0: Um, then Sunday again, terrible weather. I mean, thirty degrees, like that's not fun at all. Tennessee was only able to hit one home run. It was Luke Lipsius. Good to see him get going. Um, Drew Beam finally gave up a run. Um, but he, he he pitched well, and he, now he's 3-0 and on the season as a true freshman. I've just been super impressed with him. I, I know Chase Burns, you know, I'm, I've been super impressed with him too, but, like, I feel like that was a little bit more expected. Drew Beam is just – I don't know. There's something about him that I just, I just like. I like his athleticism. I like how smooth he is to the plate.
1: Can you hear me better now? Might have lost sound. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah, Jared Dickey had three extra
0: base hits. He he had three hits in the game. Three were extra base hits. Two doubles, a triple. Um. I mean, he's – I know the ball shop has a ton of guys like Kirby, Blade, Beck, Gilbert, guys like Ben Joyce. It's time to get some Jared Dickey merch out, because that dude is a freaking pro. He's a pro. He followed us today, shout out. Um, But, man, like, it wasn't expected. He's kind of like Drew Beam. It wasn't expected that he was going to come in and do what he's doing. But he's third in the nation in batting average. Um. I think he's second on the team in RBIs, second on the team in hits, and didn't even really crack the starting lineup until ETSU. So he had two weekends in there where he didn't really play very much. Um, so I mean, just a solid performer from Jared Dickey, and it's time to put some respect on his name. Ball shop, get the merch out. Jared Dickey is for real. Um, you know, I know people are like, you know, he's got to keep it up. You know, maybe he doesn't bat four, 500, but the way he's adjusting, you know, Cody mentioned it last night, the way he's adjusting to every pitch, you know, you, you see him hit, he's got five home runs. You see him hit some bombs to right. Um, he can go oppo. You know, he, he had a hanging curveball and instead of just like fouling it off and getting ready for the next pitch, he just peppered it right up the middle for a single. Um, I mean, he's just doing a little bit of everything and I thought he'd be more of a DH, you know, maybe outfield a little bit, you know, playing a little bit of catcher. But the play he made on Sunday where he ran into the wall, I mean, that's Evan Russell esque. you know, he ran straight into that wall. You saw the snow fall off of it when he did it. I mean, that was a collision and, uh, you know, a great play on his part. I, I just been, I can't say enough about the kid. I mean, he's been dominant for Tennessee, and I think he's one of the best players, not only on this team, but in the country. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm going to, you know, go a little bit before we really get into MVP. I'm going to say my MVP is is Jared Dickey this weekend. Um, six for 13 on the weekend, six runs, three RBIs, one home run. Um, he hit two home runs against James Madison um, earlier in the week. So, I mean, the dude's just – incredible he's lighting it up he's hot and he's staying hot it was also really good to see christian moore stay hot uh trey Lipscomb got going again um you know she kind of struggled a little bit in houston you know after starting off so you know one of the hottest hitters in the country or probably the hottest hitter i mean dylan taylor even said he's the greatest baseball player of all time um (laughs) He was so hot. He even got all time stuck in there. That's how good he was. Um, kind of cooled off. Did you bit. mention go ahead?
1: Did you mention Jared Dickey? This Jared Dickey, yes. I did. I heard you talking on Jared Dickey, but I must have missed the all SEC honors part. So I want to make sure that got that got put in there. He can't can't leave out the the rewards, the yeah. awards.
0: Yeah, two time SEC freshman of the week. Filling no, it up, no. baby. Um, yeah, it was good to see Trey get going again. You know, he, he had a solid weekend, um, hit another bomb. You know, I, I mentioned he's leading the team with 28 RBIs, which is, I think like 15 more than anybody else. So again, everybody just contributing, pitching, hitting, I, th- I think they're third in, in the nation in ERA too. So it's not just the bats that are going the pitching staff is doing a great job of keeping people off the board. Um, but yeah, that one weakness is probably it's, you know, when people are on base, it's difficult to get them out. Um, now you're doing a great job of leaving people on base, but it seems like you're never, you're never able to get like a, it's hard to get double plays when somebody's still in second, every time they're on first base. Um, you know, it just puts pressure on your on your pitchers, on your defense. If You have runners in the scoring position, and it seems like every time they get somebody on base, there's a great chance for taking second.
1: Yeah, and and going back to what will happen to SEC play. Um, I mean, does it make does that make teams more advantageous that they see that weakness, or is the league overall feel more comfortable in their guys at bat and are you gonna try and still get a guy out when you've got a guy up at the plate that you feel can advance that runner without a steal and you're not chancing it out. Like does that change how they they go into that game and, and of course that can change throughout a game too. If if Doleander's out there striking twelve out, then yeah, you're gonna try and still second. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's situational. Um I mean Tennessee's an aggressive team so if if you know their roles were reversed and Tennessee was playing a team like like that they would absolutely run because that's that Tennessee they're going to take advantage of every little weakness you have <clears throat> they're aggressive and that's why they've you know you have that fiery attitude and stuff you're aggressive you're fi- you know it's it's just fun baseball to watch and that's kind of Botello's instilled that in his players since he got here but teams like Vanderbilt, you know, Tim Corbin, Dave Van Horn, maybe they don't do that. They're still I don't know, just old school baseball. Hey, let's not waste an out. You know, they're probably big chart guys. <laughs> um right. and they they do have some big leaguers at the, at the plate too. So maybe they don't risk somebody running. But a team like South Carolina, who maybe isn't as good as Tennessee. I mean, they looked the part this weekend against number one Texas, where they beat them uh, two out of three games. Um, so I mean, it, it's just it, it's it's situational. Um, I think you will get have some teams that do it. You you'll have some teams that won't. Baylor did it. Texas didn't. Um, so it, it's just kind of like the style of play, I guess. From their coaches, but I would take advantage of it. That that's just my opinion. So that's kind of all I got for uh, the weekend. Um, again, got the got the sweep, took care of business. Not a ton to take from it. I'm just ready to get the SEC play. I'm ready for better weather. Um, I'm tired of sitting in the cold, rainy. It just seems like every time I go to Lindsey Nelson, that's what it is. So ready to see that improve. Tennessee's got so many options. You're getting Drew Gilbert back. That's got to be a huge boost. He was batting five hundred before he got injured. Um so again, one of your best players coming back. I think that's that's gotta be huge. And you know, maybe the next weekend after that, Ole Miss, maybe you get Blade Tidwell back. That that could be huge for Tennessee and see kind of how they use him um, that weekend. You got Eastern Kentucky to wrap up non-conference play. Um on Tuesday, the think they're eleven and six on the year. Um, it's pretty solid from them. They did get swept by Mercer the first series, which Mercer's a really good team. I think they're mostly second in all those offensive stat categories um, behind Tennessee. But since then, they were, are eleven and three. So pretty solid mid-major team in Eastern Kentucky. Then you have South Carolina this weekend, who. I mentioned knocked off number one Texas this weekend, lost the first game, and then won the next two. They played a seven-inning game, I think, on Saturday, and then on Sunday, um, wrapped things up. But I know Texas is dealing with some issues. They lost their ace for the the weekend, or, or I'm sorry, for the year. He, He's having Tommy John surgery, so that's unfortunate for them. And um yeah, they are EKU is eleven and six, sorry. Um so they're kind of dealing with that. I, I think you know, they won the first game. So what maybe wasn't a huge effect, but you do have to put, you know, start somebody that you probably weren't usually starting on Sunday and ended up losing that one nine to four. So and I think it was nine to one heading into the nine ninth inning. So, so yeah, um pretty pretty solid a uh, weekend for Tennessee, you know, tough schedule ahead. Uh, the grind is here. The SEC is here. So, ready for that, ready to get to, to better baseball. Um, let's fill that thing up this weekend. I think I might have two tickets available. So, if you need any, hit me up. That's all we got. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back Monday. Hopefully, we'll have a, a bigger crowd here with uh, Dylan back and, and Caleb will be maybe um, –
1: not faceless. So we'll see. Thanks for listening. Peace out.